Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Vaughn Lozon. I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving break. I had an awesome break. Sitting to my right, as always, is Colin Logsdon. Hey. And sitting ahead of me is Andy McDonald. How are we doing today, boys? Good. How's your guys' Thanksgiving? Did we all eat as much as we said we were? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No I gained doubt. at least five pounds, I'm pretty I, sure. I, I had to eat two Thanksgiving dinners. So You had that, two Thanksgiving yeah, dinners. Yeah, you didn't have went, to. You got to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, it was, a, it was yeah. a privilege. So, you know, I, that I sounds awesome. took advantage of so that. So, you had double turkey, go. double potatoes. Mm. Double corn. Do yep. you have the Hawaiian rolls, like oh, I said? Oh, oh, oh you, you always got to have Hawaiian rolls. If there's, if there's not yeah. rolls, then you're making I, a mistake. I had probably like a good six or seven of those Hawaiian Jeez. rolls. So <laughs> they, they, they were just so good. And forewarning, there is a, a beeping noise going on in our podcast room right now. Uh, I guess the light is out. And one of the lights is out in here, and it's alerting us that the light is out. We can't. We tried to, to turn it off. It won't turn off. Please bear with us. This is going to be a good show. We're going to talk about the Lions, and we're going to talk about U of M. We're going to start off with the Detroit Lions. Uh, as we mentioned, we had a good Thanksgiving, and part of that was because the Lions beat the Vikings 16-13. to They just squeaked out another victory at Ford Field. They won by a field goal. Sam Bradford had a pretty good day uh, passing, but he only had 224 yards. Each pass seemed to be going for about three or four yards each time. Matthew Stafford, he had one touchdown, no picks. He got sacked a couple times, but leading the way for the Lions was basically everyone except for Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron only had one target. He didn't have a single catch in this game. Um, But Golden Tate had 77 yards. Bolden had 69 yards. Uh, Tate had five catches. Bolden had seven. Marvin Jones had four. So Stafford was really spreading the ball out uh, a good amount in this game. Um... But moving on to New Orleans, uh, New Orleans had a really big win over the Rams this past weekend. They scored uh, 49 points, I believe it was. They put on a a huge show in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So what are the Lions going to have to do if they want to win this Sunday at New Orleans? They're going to have to play good offense again. I mean, to me, that's obvious. Um, With the way that it's went for the Saints all season, they don't play defense. I don't think Stafford's going to have a hard time throwing against them at all. Saints he didn't are, last year. I know, and I, I think that the Saints are going to keep up with them as well. I really see this game being a shootout. I think it's mm-hmm. one of those kind of games whoever gets the ball last wins the game, in all seriousness. And I think for the Lions' playoff hopes and winning the NFC North, this is a huge game. I think if they get this win with some of the tough tests they have coming up in, yeah. in the uh, Cowboys and the Giants and then the Packers look like last night they're coming back a little bit. They might be better towards the end of the season. So I think this is a big game they got to win against the Saints, and I think the key to it is just being able to outscore them, plain and simple. They got to; it's going to be a shootout. They're going to have to play better offense. Earlier this season, I thought this game was a gimme with the way Detroit played there last year. You know, they dominated the Saints, but the Saints last couple weeks, their offense looks incredible. Mm-hmm. They're back to the the Saints kind of like 08 through 2010, where they were unbeatable. Yeah, exactly. Where the Lions were there in the playoffs in 2010 and got destroyed. That, was, mm-hmm. that, that offense is game. about at that caliber right now. So Lions got to play their best offensive game this season. There's no, oh, we're going to get off fast, we're going to start fast, and then we'll in the fourth quarter, we'll score again. No, in the second and third quarter, you still got to be strong. Yeah. No more being conservative. Keep the ball in Stafford's hands. Get it to Riddick a lot. No more of those stupid yeah. little carries of Dwayne Washington. And they have to get <laughs> Marvin Jones involved because he's their deep threat guy, and he's been absent the last couple weeks. Exactly. Get Marvin Jones involved, and the defense will have to stand tough too, especially in the secondary. I agree with that. I think the key to the Lions winning this game is they have to put pressure on Drew Brees and make him force some throws that he wouldn't really want to throw. He's been intercepted basically in every single game this season. 
And I think that if you want to be able to get those turnovers off Drew Brees, you have to be able to force pressure. And that's something that they weren't really able to do against Sam Bradford on Thursday. They didn't have any sacks against him, and they were lucky that they got the one interception off him, which was the last throw of his day, which was a really nice play by Darius Slay. But they're going to have to get a lot of pressure on on, uh, Drew Brees because the Saints have a better offensive line than the Vikings have. And I think if they want to be able to do that, I mean, they got to get DeAndre Levy back first and foremost. I think he should be able to play this Sunday that most most people are saying so. that he's going to play. We'll see. Most people have been saying that after Thanksgiving, he's going to come back. I really hope he does because with him, with Haloti Nada, uh, with, with uh, Ziggy Anza, and then uh, Kerry Hyder, who's been really good this season, he's mm-hmm. leading the team in sacks. If you're able to get all those guys and force pressure on Drew Brees, they should have no problem making them get turnovers, go three and outs, or just make some bad throws on Drew Brees' part. So I think if they're able to play tough defense, the Lions' offense is going to counter that for sure. The Saints, yeah. the Saints' defense is weak. We all know that. The Lions should be able to go in. If they do all of that, they should have no problem winning, right? But Yeah, but that's easier said than done because they haven't got Absolutely. pressure on any quarterback all year. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I'm pretty sure they're one of the last teams, lowest teams in the league in terms of sacks. seems like every quarterback they go up against, Blake Bortles, um, Bradford, pretty much anybody, Aaron Rodgers all year, even Jay Case Cutler. Keenum. No, not Jay Cutler. Um, who was it? Brian Hoyer? Yeah, Brian Hoyer. They have all day to just sit back there. It's like, I don't know what happened to this defensive line, but hopefully if Levy returns, maybe that'll help it a little bit. It's It's got to have to be. Ziggy almost did get a sack. It was almost a forced fumble as well, but they ended up saying it was an incomplete pass. Which it was. It was was an incomplete pass, but Ziggy looked really good on Thursday. That's a a good, that's a big positive. You need him. It's just, to me, it's just going back to the same stuff I've been saying all season. You know, you just got to put two halves together. Like like Colin said earlier, the Lions aren't going to be able to just win this game in the fourth quarter if their offense doesn't keep up. Because even against bad defenses, I mean, we've seen times this season where their offense just, it doesn't make sense. They just don't put up the capability of points and yards and everything else that we know that they can do. So they just got to put together a whole game. They struggled offensively against Tennessee. They struggled offensively against Chicago. Now, Chicago was on the road, and it was a divisional opponent, but that doesn't really necessarily mean a whole lot. I think they should be able to put up at least uh, four touchdowns against the Saints defense easily. At least. So what do you guys think the score is? Do you think the Lions win, or do you think they start another losing streak? I'm, I'm definitely going with the Lions winning. I think I think they win this game around like 31 to 27, or maybe a 38. So 31. it's a shootout. Yeah, offensive. I, I'm, power. I'm going with shootout. No, no matter what this week. I think that it's it's just one of those kind of games, kind of like the Colts earlier in the season where it was a high scoring yep. game. I think it's one of those kind of finishes again in New Orleans. I'm really nervous about this game because the Lions are for once in control of the NFC North. But what have they done yeah. in years past? They always find a way to blow it. They blew it. Yeah. This year they do look different. Minnesota's on a downside. But look who's coming back now. The Green, Green Bay Packers. Bay. The dreaded Green Bay effing Packers. <laughs> yeah. Right out our tails again. So this is definitely a big game for them um, with the Cowboys and Giants coming up later in the season, both on the road. I will say they pull it out late again. Mm-hmm. I think their offense will be consistent. I'm going Lions 35-28. Uh, to 28. I think it'll be somewhere in that score ballpark too, but I think the Saints are going to win this just because that Drew Brees has been pretty good the last couple weeks. Their offense is really starting to click. Obviously, their defense is is their uh, down point in their game. 
Um, but I think that the Saints will be able to pull out a really, really close win. I think it'll be like four points. I think it'll be like 35-31, somewhere in that area. So pretty close to what you were saying. But uh, but it'd be, it'd be eight and four. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than go, that. No. If, After starting look, one and three, if you told me they'd be eight and look, four, if, I, I, I no you're way. Crazy. If, if they win, they go back home to play the Bears without Jay Cutler, without Elshon Jeffrey, basically without a whole lot of their starters. That should be a win for That's sure. That's a gimme. They already got that. Yeah, yeah. but then the they got to go to Dallas. They got to go to New York. Who New York is? They have the second best record in the NFC at this point. They've won like five or six straight. They're games. the only team to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, they beat them week, week one, one, and the I Cowboys mean, have won on that ten or eleven just, win streak. Just the Saints being five and six, this is just the a game they need to win. This is the game yeah. they're going to need to win with the games they have remaining on their schedule. I mean, I mean they're uh, fighting for a wild card spot at this point. They're not going to win the division. Atlanta's going to lock that up. Yeah. within the next couple weeks, that's pretty certain. But yep. you still got to fight for that wild card, kind of yeah. like what the Lions did a it's, few a few years ago when they were in contention for a big wild card spot. And that's what they got. They played the Cowboys, right? And uh, and that's exactly what they. Did. I think that's what the Saints are going to do too. Um, the Saints have a lot to fight for. The Lions have a lot to fight for. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, do you guys have any other uh, any final thoughts for uh, for the Lions? I think the one thing to to look at. I looked at this earlier, and it's actually a big bright spot for the Lions. They don't play Dallas till Week 16 on the road. By they could point, be resting their point, starters. Yeah, they could be resting their starters. Mm-hmm. They'll have that division that's already locked true. up. Probably the best seed yep. in the NFC. So. That, that could be a win, too. That could, could be, be huge. So, so if you're a yeah. Lions fan, keep rooting for Dallas to win and put that in. And Dallas right. plays yes, Minnesota this week on Thursday Night Football, so you're definitely rooting for Dallas. Oh, yeah, this week. That's, we need Minnesota huge. to lose this Who's, who's home in that question. game? Is it Minnesota? I think it's Minnesota. Dallas yeah. should still win. There's no yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Dallas, Come on, Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Any Cowboys. final thoughts, Andy, on the Lions? I, I'm right with them on that. I, I, I think that they just need to keep taking care of business. The Lions need to get a win this week. I think this game is huge for their playoff yeah. picture going forward and everything mm-hmm. else. And Exactly what he said about the Cowboys. You just got to cheer for the Cowboys right now. Yeah. If they keep winning, that could be big for us at the end of the season because if they do play their starters, I don't know if the Lions are going to be the Cowboys on the road on Monday Night Football. I don't so. think they would. Uh, <laughs> Dak has been amazing. Yeah. Zeke has been even better. Uh, it's just going to be a lot to handle on the defensive side of the ball. So exactly. Uh, if if you told me at this point in the year that they'd be seven and four and atop the NFC North, it's great. I wouldn't have believed you. Right. But great. it is great. It's great for the city. It's an exciting time to be a Lions fan. I'll tell you that yes, it's been yes. it's been fun to watch this team, even mm-hmm. despite all the fourth quarter uh, failures. And then you come back at the end. It has been fun. Uh, but we're going to talk about U of M and Ohio State coming up in just a minute. We will be right back after this short break. Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. And we are back, and uh, now it's kind of time to talk about uh, the big talk of the weekend. And I think we've all been anticipating coming back to this podcast room to talk about this game since the moment it ended. It was the game of the weekend, and it is always the game against U of M and Ohio State. Ohio State came up on top 30-27 to 27 in double overtime. It was the first time that these two teams went to overtime. I thought that was a really interesting little tidbit. I thought mm-hmm. that they had at least went to overtime one or two other times before right. this, but they did not. Uh, a couple key f- uh, plays from the game was Michigan was on top 
10 to, I think it was, uh, at this time, I think it was 3 to nothing. But Wilton Spate threw a pick six, um, and that really, really uh, got the momentum going for Ohio State heading into halftime. Michigan, although, scored a touchdown as the seconds, the final seconds of the uh, of the first half dwindled as uh, they got the ball. I think it was a fourth down. Was that? It was, was that third right? down. Third down. Well, they, they, it would have been fourth down. They would have done it again. Yeah. So they got their touchdown on third down. They got it to uh, Khalid Hill, and they went up on top ten to seven going into halftime. Um, but then another couple key plays were that. Wilton Spate fumbled the ball on the goal line, although that didn't really have an effect on the outcome of the game because Ohio State went three and out. No, they Peppers d- got the pick. And then What's the, that? And the Peppers had an interception, and then Michigan went back and scored. Well, yeah, at, well, but uh, Wilton fumbled on the goal line. Yeah. That was after that, yeah. Right? Yeah. That yeah. was after he, the... He fumbled, yeah. After the Peppers interception, it was his first interception of his career, career believe it or not, yeah. which was so awesome to see against Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. Wilton, they were on the goal line, his first and goal, he fumbles, but that didn't really matter because Ohio State decided to kick a, uh, or go for a fake punt that they didn't end up getting. Oh, you're right. That he was tackled yeah. uh, two yards shy. Of, uh, of the first down, which that eventually led to a, another Khalid Hill touchdown. That one was uh, receiving. So he had one on the ground, one receiving. They were up big at that point, and big, big in a defensive game like this. It was 17-7. to uh, We thought, uh, at least I thought, that, that U of M was going to lock this in. But between some of the officiating errors and between uh, the turnovers that U of M had and uh, the lack of offense uh, late in the game, they ended up losing in double overtime. It was still probably the best uh, rendition of this game that I've ever seen. I don't know about you guys. Would you guys? What do you guys think about that? It was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the football game itself was just a great game. It's everything you want to see in a football game. If, was, you, if you didn't have a side in this game, you would have loved to just watch that. If I you're mean, a sports just, fan, that's that's the, a game that the you would turnovers, watch. the action, everything else. It was just unbelievable. The emotion of each team. You could just yeah. tell how bad they wanted this. It Both was, of it, them. It was crazy just to watch such a good game like that. It was really awesome to watch this game. Uh, of course, I was not happy with the outcome. My dad and my brothers, uh, my brothers were, my brothers were really, really ticked off. I mean, one of them just stormed up the stairs, and I didn't talk to him for a couple hours after that. But uh, that, that's the uh, that's the expectation for something like this. Two versus three. It was an extremely hyped game. But uh, you guys have a couple different uh, sides on on why really you of them lost. I'm going to give each of you uh, roughly two two to three minutes, and uh, you guys can state your case. I'll start with Andy. After this beeping stops, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all in all, I mean, I, first off, I just want to say how great of a game it was. Both teams played great. It's not like either team really deserved to lose this game, I guess. Because I, by the end of the game, you could tell the respect from, I think, from both sides. I've seen it a little bit on Twitter with some of the Michigan Ohio State players tweeting and whatnot. Yeah. But, I mean... Overall, the, the officiating was horrible. I mean, and it was more for Ohio State. All the calls were going for Ohio State. There was pass interferences like throughout the game that Michigan probably should have had called against them, or that were called against them. It shouldn't have been called. I think the biggest one was Delano Hill when the ball was probably uncatchable, and they called a pass interference on that kept that drive alive. Ohio State would have had to punt right there. Could have changed everything else. 
But I do want to point out how Michigan made some plays themselves that this game could have been a blowout. I don't. I think Ohio State could have not even been in this game. And I think one of the biggest ones is is when Grant Perry ran into the punter and he, and they got the five yard penalty to move the ball forward and give them a first down. Now may not seem like the biggest play, but because he ran into the punter and gave him that, Ohio State got to pin Michigan deep within their within their own what was a five yard line. I'm pretty sure it was. It was at least within the ten. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was way back, and Michigan wouldn't have been backed up to their own goal line. So when Spate had to come out and throw from back there, I think he was more pressured to make that throw. I believe the ball was deflected. Am I am I correct yeah. there? He got was, hit as yeah, he was throwing. Yeah, yeah. and and so like having that happen, because you could see Darbo was open behind that defender. That defender was just in the right spot at the right time. Yep. When the ball got past there, so I think if that penalty doesn't happen, <laughs> he isn't pressured as much to just. Get Get rid of that ball that quick or make that kind of a decision. I think that that penalty had a big, a big implication on why Ohio State got a touchdown right there. And some of just the other miscues throughout the game. Spate made another bad throw on an interception that set up Ohio State. The penalty on Harbaugh, I don't think it should have been called because I think there should have been a sideline warning first. I don't think Michigan was addressed one. They weren't before. Yeah, before that penalty, I don't think they were given one. So that that kind of hurt Michigan right there. Um, to, to put them forward, and it basically just gave Ohio State a free touchdown at that point because how close they were. But I, the interceptions from Spate, the fumble on the goal line ended up being more irrelevant just because of the fact that Ohio State decided to go for a fake punt the 25-yard line. I, I still don't know what Urban Meyer was thinking right That was there just stupid. Or why he did that. But I, I look at it as Michigan had chances to make this game a blowout. They could Essentially, their defense, at least to the point where you, you can make the argument for the field goal, I guess, in the second half. In my opinion, the defense is on the field too much at that point. It's the reason they even gave up a field goal. But 14 of the points was on the offense without question to me. And if Michigan doesn't make those mistakes and those turnovers, I, Ohio State's not even in this game. So as much as we want to blame on the refs, and yes, they were horrible. Games play out the way games play out. The penalties that were called were horrible they were completely in favor of Ohio State but at the end of the day if Michigan doesn't make the mistakes they make and have the turnovers they have they win that game by a lot more points they put themselves in the position to have those calls be made against them all in all I still think Michigan beat themselves more than the refs beat them I'm not the one that's gonna go and just completely blame the refs for the game I think Michigan had a chance to win it themselves too so it can go either way but Michigan did make a case of beating themselves all right, Colin, you're three minutes. I'll give you three minutes. Starts now. <laughs> Thanks, Vaughn. Andy, I agree with you. Michigan did have every chance. They did keep Ohio State in the game with the turnovers and the bad play calling and the miscues. They should have blown them out, but they didn't. Yeah. But you know what? When it came down to the last moment, it came down to the final play, their defense stepped up and stopped them. Yeah. Everyone knows, even Ohio State fans know, JT Barrett was short of that fourth down marker. The rest moved. The rest gave him the forward progress and the replay officials Obviously, obviously weren't gonna weren't gonna end the game on that call. That's that was ridiculous. But I've never seen a bigger atrocity on a football field in my entire life. And I'm trying to be unbiased. I'm trying to not think this is a big conspiracy. But you look at every call in that game. The game essentially went five quarters because it went two overtimes. Ohio State finished with two penalties for six yards. Michigan had what seven for fifty nine. That's insane. How does that happen? It's, at that point, you yeah. got to look at something and looking at these plays. The, first, the second drive of the game, Darbo gets tackled by Marshawn Lattimore. Right when the ball's in midair. No, no penalty. Stribbling barely touches all his shoes receiver. Pass interference. Delano Hill, yeah, that penalty, uncatchable. Pass interference, kept him in the game. Um, the one where Reese Hurst went off sides, <laughs> which Harbaugh went on a rage about. You can see Pat Fline, the center, you see him th- move his arm a little bit if you watch the replay. That's what drew Hurst off sides. And the unsportsmanlike on Harbaugh, there's no unsportsman like for throwing your headset on the field. Coaches do it all the time. And what? And when Harbaugh asked him why it was unsportsmanlike conduct, the ref told him, well, it isn't basketball. 
That's your, that's really, that's your response. <laughs> yeah, it is in basketball. It's a technical foul. Bro, this yeah. ain't basketball. Like, who are you? And then looking at it afterward, where, where, where all these refs uh, came from, what are their backgrounds? Let's see. Daniel Capron, the lead referee, was fired September 21st, 02, after a game where he was, um, quote, had poor officiating and was incompetent, but it was returned later on. He was given his job back. Kevin Schwartzel, the back judge from Athens, Ohio, is a self-proclaimed lifelong Ohio State fan and was not allowed to do the 06 game, the game of the century. But some, re- but for some reason, he's allowed to do the 2016 game. Oh, maybe he's just not as big of a fan anymore. He must have just lost his fandom overnight. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Let's see. The, the side judge, Bobby Sagers, also from Ohio, was recently elected to the Ohio High School Athletic Hall of Fame where the ceremony was in Columbus, Ohio. If you ask me, guys from Ohio or might have any bias towards one particular team, shouldn't be allowed anywhere near this game. Keep them out. Especially if you have two of the three head judges being from, from Ohio. Ohio. And the other one yes. was fired in 2002, so obviously he can't do it. Get right. guys that are from California that have no affiliation with either side. And just looking at some of the calls, like the guys getting tackled. In overtime, Grant Perry was literally held and was pretty much hugged yeah. and couldn't get to the ball. It's ridiculous. And that big spot, I just I don't know how they at least don't measure that. Or don't look at the replay yeah. longer. The not measure was the most ridiculous. To not measure thing to in me. that moment. Yeah, I don't understand asinine. why they didn't. I, I don't get why they didn't measure that because at least at, at the very least, you gotta at least measure it. I, I don't at care. least pretend to measure it. At least pretend that you're gonna call it fair. I don't. I don't care if they thought it was a first down or if they knew it was a first. It, it measure it anyways. I mean, you see player. Uh, you see uh, teams whenever they get close to a first down. I mean, it, it, some some of them are blatantly obvious first downs. They're over the yard line, but, but they'll they, still measure. They and that'll be in still, the first quarter, and they yeah, and they still measure it, and they 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 still go through the protocol of like, hey, let's get the yardsticks out here. But they were probably still tangled at that point, right? Because they had they they had <laughs> yeah, the yardsticks. Yeah, they were tangled. Yeah, they had the yardsticks tangled at one point, which that's I've never heard of anything like that in football. I mean, that is a first for me. I've seen a lot of football plays. I've never seen that happen. Have Have you guys ever seen that happen? No. I mean, so how I, how do they get tangled I, in the first place? I don't because they're idiots. That's why. Yeah, how, I don't understand how they get tangled like that. Right. But bottom line is, Michigan lost the game. Um, I would love to sit and blame the officials. I blame the officials for some of it, for sure. They missed some they some big calls. calls. They had some really bad calls. I think the Jim Harbaugh one was probably the worst call that they had. Yeah. I think the JT Barrett uh, first down that they gave them it was close enough for them. To say, hey, it's a first down. You know, we said it was a first down. They looked at it on the videotape. They didn't have the angle that a lot of the other people did when they said it wasn't a first down. So I understand them saying that the play stands. I said right off the bat when they went to the review booth that they weren't going to change it. I was like, no, they're just going to say it stands. So they said it stood. Uh Obviously, the refs were a little biased. Uh, a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, little. It, yeah. I mean, it uh, was a lot obvious. of bias. Come on. It, it was, was it was obviously biased towards horrible. Ohio State. But you, I agree uh, with both you guys. I really do. But U of M did have their chances. Uh, in the fourth quarter, they produced five yards of offense. You just can't do that. You yeah. got to pick up a first down. You got to get some momentum going on Time offense. They went three and out after three and out after three and out. You can't do that in a pivotal game like this in a pivotal time like the fourth quarter. Now, some of the play calls 
were a little atrocious, I think, in, in my mind. The Jabril Peppers, the Wildcat offense with Jabril Peppers doesn't work. And I don't know how many times that they're going to go through it and say, hey, let's just try it again. It didn't work against Iowa. It didn't work against Indiana. It hasn't worked all season. The only time it worked was against Rutgers, and that's yeah. because it's Rutgers. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Use him as running back or wide receiver. you got to put like him in the slot. You have to put him in the slot. No, no, like Drevno, be creative. Like we're all, all of us fans know it. Why can't he realize he is that? A vi- it's a very basic offense that they set around him, yeah. and you got to put him in the slot. you got to put him in the backfield. You can't have him be a Wildcat quarterback. It just was not working. Everyone knows he's just going to run. And he, yeah, and he, he carried it four times for four yards it's obvious it didn't work I mean and he handed it off once to Devion Smith and I'm pretty sure he only got one yard on that play too. earlier in the season when Peppers ran a trick play and threw it back to Spate the play worked perfect it's just it's it's those kind of plays that I got so frustrated with not seeing yeah. the whole game if you put Peppers out a receiver they're gonna key on him even if you don't throw the ball to him someone else is gonna be open it's mm-hmm. just right. it's using more of an open mind as a as a coaching staff I guess or Whoever's making more of the play calls, Harbaugh offensive coordinator, whatever it is, yeah, they, whoever they need to just use him more. I mean, there's only one, one maybe, hopefully two games left of them now. I mean, but yeah, we'll you, see. You gotta, you gotta really switch it up and just make and use him in more ways than just that, because that way is too predictable. It doesn't matter how good the athlete is if you put eight yeah. guys, nine guys in the box on him, he's not going to be able to get away from him. So that's. When you give me, teams was... a week of preparation to prepare for a guy like Jabril Peppers and they have seen the tape of him being as a Wildcat quarterback, they know exactly how to hone in on that and they know how to prevent it. Yeah, so use them in ways they haven't seen before. Exactly. They didn't try any trick plays. Mm-hmm. The Peppers only in the week said, oh, it's all coming out of the bag this week. I it didn't, didn't see anything new. It yeah. didn't. I saw actually a, a more predictable offense that I've seen all year. In games when they were at home blowing teams out, I saw more trickery because they were trying to, you know, put on a show and impress the fans. How yeah. about you save some of that for the biggest damn game? <laughs> exactly. But, but but to go against your point, in the fourth quarter, yes, they only had five yards of offense. Yes, they could have been better. Yes, the play calls were shitty. Excuse me, crappy. <laughs> but when, when your wide receivers are getting held every play and they're getting tackled and penalties aren't being called, it's kind of hard to move the ball. There was, there was so many times where it should have been a penalty in Ohio State to move the ball, and it wasn't. <laughs> and Ohio State, so many times where they should have hunted, but no, they were given a BS penalty. The game was, that was the most that. one-sided game I've ever seen, and Michigan was not only screwed out of the Big Ten championship, but they were probably screwed out of the playoff in a national championship. So it's, it's ridiculous. That's that's the that's the thing to me is the the calls that were bad really started to come in later in the game after it got close and it started to matter. Yeah. So that's why I still like can I can say that in all honesty that the refs did have a huge effect on this game and why yeah, Michigan lost. Absolutely. But earlier in the game when Michigan did make the mistakes themselves of the interceptions and the turnovers, that had nothing to do with the refs. So that's nope, how, that that's was how, all on Wilton Spate. That's that, that was exactly all on the he offense. played it. He, he he honestly wasn't playing a horrible game until he threw the interception. No, besides the interceptions, yeah, that's the worst he part was about good it. Besides that, without yeah. without Wilton Spate, they would have had no chance. And coming back, they would have gotten that game, smoked because their offense wouldn't be able to move the ball. The guy no. deserves a lot of credit for coming back and playing in that game. Like even Agreed. just the way he did. Hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, bottom line is, Wilton Spate gave Ohio State 14 points. Exactly. That that's, is the thing. The pick six was a gift. That's not. That wasn't on him, though. That, you don't do play action from your own end zone. Yeah, that's, and you don't, and then Davion Smith yeah. missed the blitz pickup. That's not on Spate. The second one, mm-hmm. where he had a clean pocket, he threw it right to Baker. That's all on him. First one, not his fault. I think you could have at least thrown it away. Even if it's in your end zone, you could have thrown it oh, towards the sideline near a wide receiver. Could have thrown it away. But in hindsight, it was probably a little harder to do that than it was yeah. uh, saying it. So, I mean, the pick six was really tough. 
The other interception was really tough as well, but the Jim Harbaugh uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, it shouldn't have been called on Jim Harbaugh guaranteed. I, I don't agree with Horrible. the call. I think they should have gotten a sideline warning because gar- I guarantee you if Urban Meyer blew up like that, they would have given Urban Meyer a sideline warning. They wouldn't have given him an unsportsmanlike conduct right yeah, off the bat. That, Even if he threw his notes, he not, broke his I headset, whatever, they wouldn't have penalized him. They would have said, look, this is your warning. If you do it again, then we're going to uh, penalize you. But because Jim Harbaugh is the way that he is and he has the reputation that he has, I think that's ultimately why they ended up giving it to him. That put Ohio State on like the three-yard line or something like that. And Mike yeah. Weber scored on uh, the next player or two after that. That's ridiculous. So a lot of reasons went into U of M losing this game. I don't think that they're going to be in the top four this week. The rankings will come out uh, tonight. I think they'll be right around five. I think they'll be five or six, just depending on. Hopefully five. That's. What I think they'll for. be at five. I think it'll be somewhere like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Washington, and then U of M yeah, shortly uh, be. behind them, which is what the AP has right now. So I think the AP got it right this week. I don't know what the playoff committee is valuing right now, but U of M's two That's losses right. by a combined four points. Both on the road, uh, one against your rival and one at night in Iowa. They're the best two-loss team in the country. The Iowa loss is coming back to hurt right now, though. That does suck. Yeah. It is. I, if they didn't it have is. that loss right now, I, of course I think a, they would get in the playoff. Of course, there was a bad call on that one, too. That face mask, that yeah. ghost face mask that gave him 15 yards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that so did hurt him. That was at the end over. of the game, too. Another bad call at the end of a game. Look, my, my roommate, and shout out to my roommate Ryan, he told me last, uh, I think it was last night, that he believes that there's a conspiracy theory going on in the Big Ten right now. He he is uh, saying that they want the Big Ten wanted Michigan to lose, so Ohio State would win, and so Ohio State would get into the playoff guaranteed, and so the winner of the Big Ten championship gets into the playoff, and they have multiple teams exactly. in the top four. That's what oh, my yeah. – I mean, that, it's a pretty decent observation. My, my other buddy said the same as that thing. Because I was really? wondering, why wouldn't they want Michigan to win? <clears throat> and then you're reminding me, well, if Michigan would have won, they'd be the only one they getting don't, in. They would, they would be they the only be, Big They would have played the other in. team and would have beaten them probably. Yeah, they, so now you can get the winner of the Big Ten they championship would beat Wisconsin and Ohio State. Again. That's more money. It's more publicity. So, yeah, it's better ultimately. It makes your conference time. look amazing, first of all. It gives you versatility with Ohio State and whoever the winner of the Big Ten championship is, either Penn State or Wisconsin. That team can get in. At the very least, you're going to have one Big Ten school in the championship game. Yeah, screw Michigan. Let's let's just help out the conference. See if they decide though if Penn State wins the championship. Yeah, they're not a playoff. If if Colorado does help us out and beats Washington, I think they will. With the Michigan win against Colorado and the Michigan blowout win against Penn State, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to decide. And I mean, you got to throw Wisconsin in there too as another top ten win. Those three top ten wins that Michigan has keeps looming big. So. It's gonna to, to me. It's just gonna be interesting to see what the committee decides. I don't know yep. what they're gonna do if these right. losses help us out that way. Yeah. I think we also gotta be Virginia Tech fans and hope that they can somehow beat Clemson. That ain't happening. Not you gonna happen. I, you don't know that Pitt, you Pitt wasn't hope. supposed to beat them. I true, know, true. but I Tech is and they're decent. nine and three. So Virginia Tech is. What if Vitek yeah, so. and Colorado both win? I, it, I think Michigan gets in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How are you Michigan, deny Michigan. At that point? You could have three Big Ten teams in the playoff. But the thing is, yeah, the thing is. It's no guarantee that those teams move out of the top placing after that loss, though, because remember, U of M was number three, and they lost to Iowa, and they stayed 
at number three. So those teams are falling out if they the, lose. The committee does. I, they're I, falling out. It's, I wouldn't it's say that's yeah. a hundred percent. The only reason Michigan didn't fall is because all their teams lost that week too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Clemson lost, and yeah, for sure. But and Washington lost. That's the only the reason Michigan stayed. The committee does value championship games, though. However, Michigan's not. That's what they claim. And Michigan. I mean, yeah, that's that's the interesting part because you're reading all these articles this week about how no one really Michigan knows what the out? committee like, like you know uh, really values. Yeah, it's you it's, know it's just gonna be it's gonna be mad. I thought they use a magic eight ball each week. They're probably like, should Michigan be in the top? They're yeah. praying that Check Washington later. wins. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I guarantee you they're praying that Washington wins because they don't want to have to make that decision of yeah. who's going to get in yeah. if, if they lose. <laughs> so Look, I think Colorado beats Washington. I do too. I think Clemson will beat Virginia Tech. Um, so at least one spot. I think Penn State beats Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. I'm, I've heard that. Uh, I think Brooke. I think it's going to be a really, right, really Courtney close Brooke game. Courtney Brooke has a head injury right now, so he may not. Really. What's up? With, wait, pardon? He, he has a head injury right he now. Who's concussion. this? Cor- or, uh, Horny Brooke, the quarterback for oh, Wisconsin. Oh, that's why he left the so, game. So he, really? So, he's, so he may not play, which means that Penn State could get the job done. That, that Bart he Houston quarterback, uh, the backup, he looked pretty good, though. Against, yeah, true. I mean, it was against Minnesota. They're so. a running team anyway. They rely on their run game and their defense. So. I think Penn State will win. It'll be interesting to see what happens, though, uh, tonight Penn, and then on Sunday when they uh, release their final Penn State wins and Colorado rankings. wins. Michigan the four seed? Maybe. It's possible. It depends. I think we're going to all be super nervous. It, it on, all uh, depends what it's going to be. Oh, we will. It Sunday. all just depends on what the rankings are tonight when they... Uh, and we need help. Yeah. If everybody wins, Michigan needs help. It, but we need that help. Is, that is the thing. No, no. U of M needs help. I would be willing to take all the help that they can get. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Well, I have one final thought. I want, okay. the, I want the rest from that game to be investigated. At least, it's, it's the very least Dan's saying the Big Ten can do. It's mm-hmm. something worth looking into when you have a game that, that, that when you look at the statistics, that one-sided, several missed calls. So part of these refs, allegedly, we don't know for sure, are from Ohio. Yeah. The NCAA at least has to look into that and like at least do somewhat of investigation. I didn't agree with that. And on a, if they find something, obviously, you don't, I don't want to get the win back. I've seen you don't expect that. No, but you I, can't pull should, an Oklahoma but, State. No, no, but people <laughs> should get fired and people should get in trouble. People for this. should be at least suspended, if not fired. I agree. Because before the game, the ref goes up and he, he's so eager to shake Urban's hand in the tunnel. The one ref, you see him slapping Mike Weber. On, on the butt or at one play smiling at him. In the last play, and then did the you one see JT Barrett scores in overtime and the refs look at him like with smiling, gawking at him like, oh my God, this is so cool. I, I saw it's a like, photo. He's smiling when Ohio State scores a touchdown. I saw a photo with with uh, with one of the referees. It was the very last play when Ohio State won. The referee, you know, was giving the touchdown signal and then he also had this grin on his face like, oh yeah, yeah, my team won. You know, it, it's just, I think that's the same one. The Barrett it, one it, in the it, end zone, I think, yeah, he's like, he's like smiling. He's like, it it's, probably dude, this was. is so cool. Yeah. Like, it, at least pretend not to be excited. Yeah. I mean, at least it's, it's worth looking into. What Would you agree with, I, all, of that, with yes. all that information right there? Yes, I agree. Please, NSA, so, do something about any this. Any final thoughts, Andy? I mean, it, it sucks that they had to lose a game in the way that they had to lose it yeah. with the calls like this. You wish that it was cleanly officiated and everything was fine and there was no question of the winner or loser. I mean... It, it, I guess it's just disappointing. It's hard to say. It's hard to bring anything really positive out of this for Michigan because we all wanted the win so bad as Michigan The fans. only positive thing I got out of this is that it is going to be an awesome rivalry for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it is, and, and that, that's the kind of— I mean, it's been an awesome rivalry, but the last you know few years, it's it's basically been all one-sided with Ohio State, it's but the game Jim Harbaugh has brought see. it back. It's the game that you want to see. It's, I mean, the, it's why they call it the game. Exactly. And it, it was the highest-rated noon game on ABC of all time. It doesn't it's surprise crazy. me. Yeah, everybody I mean, was watching it, that. It was great. Yeah, and it was great the highest-rated game since the 2006 game, but that was played at 3:30. And, the, and it's another thing. Just right. a, a final thought too is just the whole playoff committee and everything else. 
I think everyone in the country knows that Michigan and Ohio State are the best two teams in the Big Ten. And they're not no the two question. playing for the championship. So, I mean, it's it, that's also something they're going to have to think about and consider when they're making their final decisions. I now, guess. because of something like that, do you? I, I kind of like how the Big 12 is kind of ruling out all the divisions. Because of instances like this, do you think... You guys think, you know, real quick, yes or no, that the Big Ten should follow suit with the Big 12 with that, just get rid of divisions? No, I no. think you have to add divisions. Because then who you decide yeah. the yeah, top two, just the top two in the end. Like, just the top two teams I think, in I the think conference. divisions, but maybe. That's what the I Big 12 think, is I think doing. realign the divisions. Yeah, realign so the divisions one-sided. without question. There needs to be a realign. The West is horrible, and the East is the mm-hmm. best division in football. Yeah, it's basically like the SEC. The SEC West is amazing, and then the East sucks. Yeah, so, just got to put I think move Penn State over, over there. You move Penn State. Yeah, I was going to say Michigan State in recent years, but uh, they ain't a threat anymore. So move Penn State over. Yeah, the West. I think geographically, mm-hmm. it just well, I guess it doesn't make sense. sense but yeah, yeah. Maybe stop having East. I mean, West. they're one. Of, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll just uh, you know they're not going to move anything like that. They're just going to leave it the same. Finally, we're running out of time. Stud and dud. Andy, who's your stud of the week? Well, my stud this week is actually that's one of those teams playing in the Big Ten Championship. I'm going with Penn State and James Franklin because ever since they got blown out by Michigan, the team the team turned around their season and is where they're at right now. And to me, I think that they deserve some credit for that. They looked like a team when they played against Michigan that was just down and out. I I forgot who they lost. Was it, was it Pittsburgh earlier in the season or yeah. who did they lose to? Yeah, Pittsburgh. It was yeah, another it was team that just, I mean, they ended up being Clemson, so they obviously have some kind of talent on that team, but... The way their season started, it looked like another typical average Penn State, you know, six and six, seven and five, whatever kind of season. Yeah. And they turned it into something and made it to the Big Ten championship <laughs> game now. So I you gotta give them some credit. I think Penn State's my stud this week. Good pick. And especially for being Michigan State as handles that Michigan State's not a good team. But they beat Michigan State the way that they did and and left no question that they were going to the Big Ten championship game. Colin, uh, my stud, stud is uh, Darius Big Play Slay for icing for icing another game oh, at home. No he's been clutch all year. Yeah, how about he's the definitely earned that contract? Lately. He's definitely he's definitely earned that contract. And uh, just to come up in that big of a moment, interception, mm-hmm. bring it down, or the next play they just need it because they knew Matt Prater was obviously money. That's exactly. that was just clutch for exactly. a cornerback to do. Absolutely, that. my stud. I got a co-stud of the week. I got two of them: Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan. Eastern made it to their first bowl game since '87. Uh, and they're going to the Popeyes uh, Bahamas Bowl. So that's <laughs> a bowl. The last two seasons, Central went to the Bahamas Bowl, Western went to the Bahamas Bowl. Now Eastern's going to represent the MAC in that bowl yeah, game. Michigan. <laughs> it, yeah, the Michigan MAC schools. It's awesome. In Western Michigan, they finished their season undefeated. It's a little hard to say that as a CMU <laughs> Chippewa, but they had a great year. They had an credit. amazing run, probably the best MAC team. Uh, in a long, ever. maybe ever. I, I mean, you seriously. Could argue. I mean, seriously, probably They're ever. Unreal. I mean, you look at that that team. It is from top to bottom. <laughs> it's great. The quarterback play has been great. Running back, great. Corey it's, Davis is one of the best receivers in the country. He'll yeah, go high the in the draft, possibly even the first round. It's it's going to be interesting to see who they match up with in the Cotton Bowl, which is where I think we all think they're well, going. Well, they're going to play Ohio in the MAC Championship game. They well, have yeah. they Probably. They, they have to they, win to make it to the Cotton Bowl. Favorites. If they win, they're guaranteed basically in the Cotton Bowl. So They're going to um, win by 40. They could. They, they've been blowing out teams. I would love to year. see them against like a Louisville in the Cotton Bowl. It, or something it'd be great. Like that. Oh, Louisville yeah. might even or like Oka, or Oklahoma have, State I think, to I, see if they uh, can Oklahoma, beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State too. They'll, they'll, I still they'll think it's going to be a big the winner of that game. I think Louisville might have knocked themselves out of the New Year's Six Bowl. With yeah, I, I think it's going to be a Big Ten team. Bad loss I think, too. Yeah, I think it could be a Big Ten team. Like you think it could? Penn State or Wisconsin? Maybe whoever loses might play them in that game. That I think that's be interesting. Too. Penn State yeah. or Wisconsin yeah. versus Western. I, I think if Wisconsin plays Western, that's it's 
probably going to be Wisconsin. That, that's just yeah. the difference in size, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, if, if, you, if I want to give State, Western I, their shot to see against them. Yeah, oh, no, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they yeah. deserve it. They, they, that's what they're trying to prove. That To me, that's the last like thing for me to give them full yeah. credit this season for what they've done. Obviously, it's outstanding in the MAC, but they've been getting all this stuff from the, the country and the nation. They're, they still haven't beat a top 25 team yet. They haven't beaten so, anybody. Their best yeah. win is against a 6-6 six and six Northwestern. Yeah, exactly. Team. That's what I'm trying to say. For me to officially just say this team was that good, they need to play against a, a, a big opponent like Agreed. that. And they're going to get their chance in the bowl game. Yeah, so we'll see what, what happens. Who's your dud, Andy? My dud is the Carolina Panthers because they looked like they were finally going to come back and beat the Raiders this week who are a hot team and maybe give some life to their team to like make a late playoff push. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, had a lot of promise, and... Mm-hmm. They just suck. They're not. They're not good. And <laughs> they've looked awful. It, just the and way that they've no been all season. I mean, Cam Newton. I figured he was a better leader than that, and he's just turned around and not doing anything with that team. Carolina, just awful, awful. They're my dud. Colin, my dud. And stay with me for a second, because I know you don't want us doing anything with the Michigan Ohio State game. But okay. my dud is our Ohio State fans. Not for the way they act in the game, but if you saw, there were some photos before the game. There's yeah. a bunch of them standing in front of a house with a big banner that says. Michigan girls are more dis- are more disease than, than Flint, Flint water. water. Like really, is that something to laugh about? That's not a joke. Yeah, People have died from horrible. that. My whole family is from Flint. They take that crap personally. Like that is not funny at all. That's a serious issue. At game day, one guy at a sign says Harbaugh drinks Flint water. It's like why? Why is that? Why is that your joke? Yeah, use something funny that's like you know, actually you can joke blows. about. People those from are low Ohio blows, man. We could say a lot Ohio. of stuff about Ohio people, but all oh, yeah. we can go that low. <laughs> the stereotype with Ohio people is real. My dud is Josh Norman because on Thanksgiving, him and Dez were having some altercations on the field and off the field. Off the field, Josh Norman said that the reason that all of it got started was because Dez Bryant apparently told him that. Where I'm from, we unload the clip, which is a pretty uh, huge statement to make. But Josh Norman came out and said that he lied about that, that Des never said that at all. Oh, wow. So, I hear that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I mean, that was a pretty big statement to make, especially on Thanksgiving when you're supposed to be thankful for the things that you have and all that stuff. But he went out of his way to kind of be an a-hole. And uh, it's just, it's unbelievable the things that uh, Josh Norman says uh, to these wide receivers that he uh, matches up against, you know, Des Bryant, Odell Beckham Jr. Last year was another big one. Uh, he's kind of just a loud mouth, and I'm really sick of the things that he's saying. It's really just taking away from from the football factor, and it really made the game a little less enjoyable for me to watch. I don't know. Did you guys watch that game at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just the things that were going back and forth between those two, obviously you didn't hear anything that they said on the field, but just – them complaining at each other and pushing, you know, it's just it's, Norman's it's made not himself right. look bad this year. He really hasn't been that great and all the off the field stuff. No, he's it's been a getting, bust. Yeah. The money, the money oh, is a not bust because the good money at times. is not worth what. Uh, well, no, Washington yeah, cornerbacks yeah, always get overpaid. Yeah, yeah. he he's an overpaid cornerback. So he's had one good year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was last year. No one knew who he was before last year. So exactly, and he's really he proved himself last year. This year, he's kind of just been a loudmouth and a punk, and I'm really, really sick with uh, the things that he says. So, Agreed. That is all for today. This was a pretty good episode, guys. I, I'm yeah, glad I that we it. were able to talk about this game. Um, I'm glad that you guys were able to listen to us. We will catch you guys next time on Sportsman Like Comment. Go Blue.